0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro-revenge video. If you're a real pro around here, you already know the best way to help out would be to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Firm Potato 6964 Housemaid bugs me about owing her money? Fine, let's see who really owes who. I, 20-year-old female, have lived with this girl for over a year. She doesn't realize how annoying she can be. She's a good person at heart, but she was coddled by her parents and thinks she's the center of the universe. Fun little examples of her behavior. After I come home from a long day of work, she sits on the bed and talks for an hour about a new book she got, when I clearly just want some time to relax on my own. She'll take my drying dishes off the rack and chuck them all over the kitchen to put a single cup on the rack, even when there's plenty of room. When shopping, she'll hover over my shoulder and give her opinion on every item I look at or get. Never shuts up. Anyway, the focus of the story. First, some context. Her car stopped working, so I've been getting up at 5 every morning to drive her to work. Never ask her for a thing in exchange. I also do a lot of stuff for her as well, such as buying her drinks, etc. She counts pennies, super exact about the amount everyone owes her, down to the cent. So I forgot my card one day and wanted some lollies. I asked her to pay. It was like $4.50. So then when we get home, she asks for the money, but I forget. Then she keeps harassing me for it until I snap and say, Fine then, let's count the cents. And tally up all the petrol she owes me for driving her to work. Plus, the price of hiring a car for the day. I let her drive mine for a day. Along with all the other little things I've bought for her this year. The total's over $100.00. Immediately she wants to backtrack and say the lollies are paying me back for driving her every day, but nope. Now she has to pay me every cent she owes and has to find a different lift from now on. If you were living with a roommate who lost their car, would you be willing to drive them to work every day at 5am without them ever paying you back? Or would you expect them to kick you back some kind of money? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Mystic Man auto mechanic gets petty revenge on himself. Many years ago, I had an old Buick with a small radiator leak. I used to just add water once a week and it was fine, but it slowly was getting worse. I saw an ad for a radiator shop that did free estimates. I gave them a call, and they said I would have to leave the vehicle with them. I arranged a ride, and when I dropped it off, I was told it would be one of three things. If they could patch it, it would be $50. If they could recore it, it would be $100. But if they had to replace it, it would be $250. These were, of course, 1980s prices. Since it was just a small leak, I was sure that it could just be patched. I didn't hear from them the rest of the day, so I called them the next day. They told me, That radiator is shot, you need a new one. I said no thanks, and I'd be by to pick it up later. I heard just silence on the other end of the line, but figured he was just angry he was losing a sale. When I arrived, I was greeted by a different person that I'd spoken with the day before. He had a big smile on his face and said, What can I do you for? I said I was there to pick up the Buick, and the smile just washed right off his face. Without saying a word, he turned around, grabbed the keys from a hook behind him, and threw them at me. They bounced off the counter and landed on the floor by the front door. I was confused, but picked them up and left. When I got home, it all became clear. I popped the hood and saw that they had removed the radiator and had patched the leak. They painted my radiator and reinstalled it and was going to sell it back to me as new. The paint was still tacky. I drove that car for another 6 years, it never overheated once. About 3 years after the incident, the shop went out of business. The dumb part is, if they told me they could patch or recore it, I would have said sure, go ahead. But since they tried to screw me, they ended up screwing themselves needless to say this is the kind of stuff that would get spread around very quickly by word of mouth if i found out this kind of thing happened and i got lucky i would tell everybody i knew in that area not to go to these people because they're gonna try to screw you over for everything they can get out of you this next story is by teddy hcy trolling a jerk biker just an hour ago i was on my way visiting my mom I was riding my bike under the speed limit when suddenly another biker flew past me going way above the speed limit, missing me by a few centimeters. I honked at him, but he just kept going, until I catched up to him at the red light. There I noticed that his backpack was opened and I instantly knew what I had to do. I waited for us to go further, then I catched up to him at the third light and told him, ''Hey, your backpack's open and you dropped something.'' Spoiler alert, nothing actually fell from his backpack. He instantly checked his wide-open backpack and asked, What fell? Where did it fall? I answered, A few lights back there. He screamed, Why didn't you tell me earlier when we were at the light back there? I chuckled and said, I was trying, but you kept speeding. And I just left him as the light turns green. I saw him making a U-turn from my mirror, believing that something actually fell from his backpack, when the reality was, I was fooling him because of what he did to me earlier. Of course, I told my mom about this, and we're still laughing about it until now. This is definitely one of those good ways to get back at these kinds of people. Nothing harmful, nothing that's going to put you or them in jeopardy or create some big greater altercation. Just get this guy totally in his head, worried that he lost something, and waste his time a little bit. And you're long gone before they can do anything else. Our next story is by Honeybee4796. Heck, hath no fury like a jerkhead owned. A couple years ago, 20, I got together with a guy when, unfortunately, I was in a very low mental state. I've struggled with depression and a couple other mental battles for a lot of my life, and at only 25 am I coming to terms with them and working through them. So, yeah, bad mental state, was very vulnerable, and this guy I'd been friends with since school made a move on me on a night out. It filled me with hope that somebody could want me when I didn't want me, you know? He didn't lose any time in making me his girlfriend and played all sorts of mind games with me to get me attached to him. Worried about being good enough for him and fearful of losing him. A month in, he ends up moving in with me and my dog, part-time. Half the time he would still live with his parents, using me for money but didn't want to hook up with me. That was great for the self-esteem. Eventually it happened, but still things kept getting worse. He would stand me up for dates, he would ignore me for days. I didn't know what was up and what was down. My folks didn't like him, neither did my friends, but I was a confused, vulnerable person back then, and he'd convinced me he was a strong, safe person for me, even though he never showed it. So for six months, mental abuse, assault, yelling, fits of confusing rage, degrading me, everything in the jerkhead's guide. The straw that broke the camel's back was when, because of an argument, I'd stepped outside my place for five minutes, gone to the shop across the road for a can of soda, come back, and my dog's nose was bleeding. He tells me my dog just suddenly started scratching his nose until it bled, but the guy's sadistic and has harmed animals before, plus he's a chef and knows what he's doing with a knife. At that point, I'm so done. I tell him to get out. When he doesn't, I actually shove him out the front door, lock it, and call my stepdad to help remove him. Stepdad is a seven plus foot tall guy, stocky, and takes no crap from anyone trying to hurt me. Well, the ex gathers most of his junk from my place that afternoon and leaves all his garbage and mess. I'm cleaning it up, and what do I find? A very expensive looking drone that he'd shown me once. I tried flying it, but couldn't figure it out plus it's not really my thing, decided I'd sell it. Looking up the make and model online, it's worth nearly a grand. Put it up on Facebook Marketplace for 100 British pounds, sold in under 10 minutes. X found out about this and holy moly did I get a barrage of nasty messages. I told him I was using the 100 to get my dog stitches in his nose. Heck hath no fury like a jerk head owned. Considering everything this jerk did and how much they could be, you know, kind of in handcuffs over, they should probably accept this as a tax of sorts and move on with their life. This next story is by a Barthman, dealing with a ridiculous liar. A number of years ago, I worked in a large office. Following yet another pointless reorganization, I was transferred to a newly created small team. My teammates' jobs had nothing whatsoever in common with mine, but Hey-ho, they had to put us all in some sort of team in order to control us somehow. The new supervisor for our small team was duly appointed. He was a bit younger than the rest of us, and had no practical job experience. But he had an MBA, which impressed the bosses, and the rest of us didn't. The new supervisor started quite quietly, but he soon found his voice, and almost every word out of it was some sort of ridiculously fantastic lie. Not the sort of small white lies that people tell for financial gain or to get themselves out of trouble, but gigantic Walter Mitty-like whoppers that would make a dishonest fisherman blush. I take people as I find them, so having no reason to think otherwise, I actually believed some of the early lies, but soon got the measure of him. His lies were so ridiculous that he would almost think he was setting up a joke, but the punchline never came. He was a clever, funny guy. And otherwise really good company but his ridiculous lies were just too much to take the rest of our team were fully aware of the lies and we often joked about his latest whoppers in his absence i remember one particular cracker where he took the story from a popular tv advert at the time and just changed the location to somewhere local and put himself in the story a guy is in a nightclub with his friends man meets minor celebrity in the toilets And asks the celebrity to pretend to know him by approaching his table and greeting him by his name in order to impress the man's friends. When the celebrity later approaches the man and his friends at the table and greets him by his name, the man responds, not now, I'm with my mates. This was such a well-known advert at the time that it was incredible that he would use it. I sat back to back with the supervisor in the office, so I was an easy target to talk to when he turned around and wanted to share his latest fantasy story. As time went on, I found it incredibly disrespectful that he thought I was stupid and gullible enough to believe his lies. It's difficult enough to call anyone out on their ridiculous lies, let alone your supervisor, so I had to come up with something devious. I finally decided to record the details of the lies in detail and created a little password protected document, names, dates, locations, events, and all sorts of minuscule details. I almost started looking forward to hearing the latest ridiculous lies so that i could add it to my numbered list now you need to have a really great memory in order to be a good liar because the fine details of a lie are much harder to recall than something that actually happened so that's where my petty revenge kicked in using my detailed list i started to raise his previous lies a week or so afterwards as though they were somehow so impressive that i wanted to know more and then I would politely press him on the detail, whilst feigning admiration with an open-eyed curious expression on my face. I was inwardly delighted whilst watching him squirm awkwardly as he tried to recall what he told me previously. His eyes would roll upwards and he would stare at me in the eyes, as if that would convince me more. Of course, he always failed miserably on the detail, and each error felt like a gold to me. Some of the rest of the team were fully aware of what I was doing, but kept their heads down and bit their lips as they listened in. I'm not sure that it did much to stop the flow of ridiculous lies, but it made them slightly more tolerable And the knowledge that they would be added to my list and the details would be used to torment him a week or so later. I think the main payoff would be just calling them out when they're blatantly wrong or can't recall. And if they try to shift and be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right, I don't know where my mind was, you gotta attack them and beat them down on it until they realize... Everybody's caught on that you're just a liar, dude. And our final story of the day is by Rizzo1717. Learning the importance of the principle of the matter via poetic justice. In December of 2020, another driver merged into me and tried to flee. I chased her down, caught up to her, and demanded she pulled over. Basically, she failed to yield to my horn, failed to pull over after she hit me. She ended up trying to circumvent providing insurance information, and over the next several months... My insurance battled it out with her insurance, because she continued to lie and deny accountability. Even though there was paint transfer from her car to my car, and damage on her vehicle lining up with the damage on my vehicle. We spent over a year going in circles, with her texting me things like, I'm sorry, and I'll make sure my insurance takes care of it, while telling her insurance that I'm just a crazy person who chased her down and bullied her in an intersection. And the damage to her vehicle was old she did some crazy things like mirrored and flipped pictures of her car to show proof that there was no damage to her driver's side like i claimed and because arbitration didn't pick up on this they couldn't rule in my favor my only option was to sue her in small claims court i did exactly that and pointed out the mirrored image to the judge the judge called her out on her bs and ruled in my favor The final judgment in my favor specified that this woman had to pay me the expense of my deductible. In subsequent conversations with this woman, she agreed to pay the judgment. She's finally being agreeable and compliant. I could have left it there, but my petty revenge is that I'm submitting all documentation of this judgment to the insurance company, whom I've since left. They will now pursue her insurance with the support of the judgment to collect the money they paid me out for the incident. So now not only will this lady be out $1,200 out of pocket to cover my court fees and deductible, but now her insurance premiums will increase for an at-fault accident with damages in excess of a grand. I hope she learns a very valuable lesson that it's cheaper to tell the truth. To be honest, she could have kicked me 200 bucks, and I would have buffed out the paint scratch on my car, but sometimes we make our own disasters and choose to learn the hard way. This is definitely an example of why you just tell the truth. If you're honest, you apologize, you seem heartfelt, they might be willing to just negotiate with you and get a cash deal. Maybe if you just pay a repair bill at a mechanic, you wouldn't have had to have worried about your premiums, you wouldn't have this long, drawn-out process gone to court. Just would have been a crappy accident, and it would have been over. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today.